Welcome to the Pitch Proper Yank, the show where we Americans talk about soccer. Yeah, I said soccer, footy, football, whatever you want to call it. Specifically on this show, we talk about English Premier League, Major League Soccer, and everything in between. I'm your host, Alana Gaffney. Let's get into it. If you are new, welcome. We want to give you a little bit of information about this podcast. So I am an American woman who currently watches and follows English Premier League. Specifically, I'm a West Ham United fan. I am learning about Major League Soccer and I want to talk about it with my friends. I want to talk about it and learn about it with you. So we're going to do this together. Uh, Beyond that, if you haven't already checked out the first few episodes, in the first episode, I talk about how I kind of stumbled upon English Premier League. Episode two, I broke down EPL and Major League Soccer, uh, and that's English Premier League and Major League Soccer. In episode three, I did a season catch-up for Major League Soccer and a little bit of a a first preview or a first view of English Premier League. I definitely encourage you, if you haven't checked those out, to check them out. There is also an additional episode where there is an additional short short episode where I checked out the League's Cup final and I spoke a little bit about that experience. So definitely have a listen to that when you get a chance. This whole episode is really going to serve as a club spotlight. So that's for English Premier League's newly promoted teams. That would be Luton Town, Sheffield United and Burnley, as well as Major League Soccer's newest clubs. So I did actually do an honorary mention because the League's Cup final just happened for the 2020 editions of Miami as well as Nashville. We're also going to talk about Austin, established in 2021, Charlotte in 2022, and St. Louis in 2023. Uh, There's a bonus that I've also included of San Diego. That team is expected to begin play in 2025. All right, let's jump in. So to start, we're going to start with English Premier League. So if you weren't already aware, it was established in most current form in 1992. There are 22 inaugural members of the new English Premier League. If you're curious on who those are, I will start with the ones that are no longer in English Premier League, and then I will let you know which ones still are. So some original members that are no longer in Premier League are Blackburn Rovers, Coventry City, Ipswich Town, Leeds United, Middlesbrough, Norwich City, Oldham Athletic, Queen's Park Rangers, Sheffield Wednesday, Southampton, and Wimbledon. The members that are still a part of Premier League or have come back or in any regard into 2023 are playing, and they weren't an inaugural member, are Arsenal, Aston Villa, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Everton, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Nottingham Forest, Sheffield United, and Tottenham Hotspur. So again, just to reiterate, there are 11 of the original 22 are playing in the 2023 season. Two of the original clubs were relegated last year, that's Southampton and Leeds. Let's talk about some of these newly promoted teams. So the first one that I'm going to bring up because they most recently were relegated and brought back is Burnley. Burnley played in EPL in the 2021 to 2022 season, and they were relegated. Honestly, in a bit of a heartbreaking moment, uh, I was definitely rooting for Burnley. After a year in the EFL Championship League, the tier right below Premier League, they are back. Since 92, they have played in the Premier League nine seasons. So their current manager is Vincent Company. 
The facilities they use is Turf Moor, and because they were so recently in Premier League, they likely did not have to do a ton of stadium upgrades. The players to watch from this squad that I would recommend are Amduni and Trafford. Trafford is new from City. He's the goalkeeper. In terms of potential expectations, so their initial result was a loss against City, so they lost against City 3-0, but that was expected. It's Manchester City. They just won the title last year. I am expecting that Burnley is going to do fairly well. I'm crossing my fingers and hoping for them. I mean, they know what they're fighting for. Any team that has been recently promoted truly understands what the costs are. So I'm hopeful for them. We'll see how they do. The next one that I'm going to talk about is Sheffield United. So again, as a reminder, Sheffield United was one of those original 22 teams. Their last season in Premier League was 2020 to 2021. Since 1992, they have played in English Premier League five seasons. Their current manager is Paul Heckingbottom. Yes, that's his last name. I giggle too. The facilities they use are Bromall Lane, and they do have plans to upgrade, though they were, again, recently in Premier League. So you have to imagine that they're not necessarily having to do as substantial of upgrades as a team that has never been in Premier League. Precursor to Luton Town, which is um, going to be interesting. In terms of players to watch, certainly John Egan's on that list. Oliver Norwood is a midfielder that you should be looking at. Ollie McBurney is a striker. Gustavo Hammer, Vinny Souza. Austin Trustee is a center back from Arsenal. So those are definitely some players that those are the players to watch. In terms of the results for the first couple of matches for 2023, Sheffield lost to Nottingham Forest recently in the last week, 2-1. to one. They also lost in their first match against Crystal Palace 1-0. This is somewhat expected. It's not necessarily expected that a newly promoted team is going to be doing that well. So it will be interesting to see how they progress throughout the rest of the season. The final one is Luton Town. They're fascinating to me. So I think these, this is that team to, that I'm really going to be watching. They're also the Hatters. I thought that was kind of interesting. Since 1992, they have never played in Premier League. So they have moved their way up multiple tiers. It's been really interesting. Their current manager is Rob Edwards. Uh, in terms of, of facilities, Kenilworth Road is their, that's their stadium. It does need extensive upgrades to fulfill the media requirements as well as other requirements for Premier League. They actually had to postpone their first home match against Burnley. If you were wondering why it was postponed, that was why. It, there, it was also rumored, and I did fall for this rumor, that they could not buy new players for the new season because they had to do so many upgrades to their stadium. While they do have to do quite a few upgrades, that's not true. They did end up adding some players within the transfer window. I highly encourage you to check out their stadium. I think this is kind of super interesting. There were so many talks about how they were going to be able to, I don't even know, I'm trying to remember the video that I ended up watching, but it was somebody saying, imagine Liverpool fans who are used to infields coming to this stadium and having to go through the backyards of houses and through houses to get into a stadium. They started off playing in a park multiple seasons ago and they've gotten to this stadium it's definitely very unique to their team so it's something certainly to watch I'm excited to see what it looks like once they've completed those upgrades in terms of players to watch Tom Lockyer as uh, a defender Marvelous Nakamba is a defensive midfielder that they picked up from Aston Villa Carlton Morris is a forward Amari Bell is a left back Ryan Ryan Giles is a left back from the Wolves 
Maz Anderson is a center back as well. One player fun fact that I couldn't resist, and you might have already heard this already, but it bears repeating. They have a player, so his name is Peli Rudok Mopansu. So he's played for Luton Town since 2013. So he is the first footballer to climb from a non-league, the non-league tiers of English football to all the way to Premier League, which I think is fascinating. The point being, they have steadily, they have steadily moved their position up from like five tiers down all the way up to Premier League. And he has reaped those benefits, which is insane. In terms of the first couple of matches, so they had a loss against Brighton and Hove. It was 4-1, and that Burnley match is postponed. In terms of the match against Brighton and Hove, Brighton and Hove is playing really well. It's kind of expected that that they might get a result like that. They have one thing that I had noted about Brighton and Hove last year is their firing power is, is immense for a team that you wouldn't necessarily expect it from. They're a great attacking team. So it's... Again, the score seems somewhat bad, but that's kind of a typical result for Brighton and Hove that I've seen. In terms of potential expectations, so they are scrappies. They moved up the ranks. With that said, they certainly have the most uphill battle out of the newly promoted teams. I'm interested to see how that goes for them. Now that we've talked a little bit about English Premier League, let's get into Major League Soccer. So if you weren't already familiar, Major League Soccer was established in 1993, though the league kicked off in 1996. The first 10 teams that participated within Major League Soccer was Columbus Crew, D.C. United, New England Revolution, New York, New Jersey Metro Stars, so those are now the New York Red Bulls, Tampa Bay Mutiny, the Colorado Rapids, the Dallas Burn, which is now FC Dallas, Kansas City Wiz, which eventually became the Wizards, now is Sporting Kansas City, Los Angeles Galaxy, and the San Jose Clash is what their original name was. Now they're known as the San Jose Earthquakes. Originally, the league used American football stadiums and when it was kicked off. And at this point, there are more and more MLS uh, sole stadiums. So the sole use is for Major League Soccer. Since 1996, but before 2021, the following teams were added. Chicago, Illinois, Miami, Florida, Los Angeles FC, Salt Lake City, Utah, Houston, Texas, Toronto, out of Canada, San Jose, that's California, Seattle, Washington, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Vancouver, again, another team out of Canada, Portland, Oregon, Montreal, another team out of Canada, New York City, Orlando, Florida, Atlanta, Georgia, Minnesota, that's a, it's a state, not a city, it's the only one that's like that, Cincinnati, Ohio, and then Nashville, Tennessee. So there's been a lot of growth, but I do want to make the note that there's been quite a few franchises that have also ended. And I spoke a bit about this, I believe, in the first episode. Certainly, there are pockets of of greater popularity for Major League Soccer around the country. I would say it's certainly not universal. There's areas that are hubs. So I, it, it's very easy to understand that there are going to be some teams that have like really flourish and have developed like a rooted fan base and a great academy and other attributes that are going to make it really successful. And there are certain areas where it just didn't work. I'm actually going to talk about two to start. So I did note it. I did note that I'm going to mention Asheville, Tennessee, as well as Miami. So that's inner Miami. Both of them began league play in 2020. Let's speak about Nashville first, because otherwise I'll keep bouncing back and forth. So Nashville is out of Nashville, Tennessee. They play out of Aegeus Park, which is a stadium that has capacity about 30,000. That was where League's Cup was just played. It's a very nice stadium. Their manager has been Gary Smith since the beginning. In terms of their key players, 
you will not get through a game without the commentator speaking about Hani Mukhtar. So he is, that's who they rely on in terms of scoring. And in terms of MLS, like his record is great. Some other players that you're going to hear about are Daniel Levitz. So he's a defender. He had a really key role when we're talking about Leagues Cup. Walker Zimmerman. Uh, Dax McCarty also played extraordinarily well within the Leagues Cup game. So he's a midfielder. He was very much holding position and really forcing Miami to take position that they didn't necessarily want to. Sam Surich uh, is a forward who's who's worked pretty well um, with Hani Mukhtar as well. In terms of performance, they've been doing fairly well in Eastern Conference. Their fan base is hugely engaged. I will just note that they are 100% behind them. This team certainly appears to have like a spirit, like a strong rooted, like they know what they're fighting for, so to speak. Let's talk a little bit about Inter-Miami. So Inter-Miami is out of Miami, Florida. They play out of DRV PNK Stadium. I don't know if that's pronounced differently. If it is, apologies. So the capacity for that stadium is 21,000. Their new um, manager or coach is Gerardo Tata Martino. In terms of players, we've spoken about this already. So Lionel Messi, that's the player everyone's going to know. Beyond that, Taylor is a forward that folks tend to know. Busquets is a midfielder who is held in really high regard. And then Joseph Martinez is another forward. I think beyond that, they were speaking quite a bit about Beyond that, the commentators were speaking quite a bit about Jordi Alba also, who's a defender. Beyond players, in terms of performance, I cannot emphasize this enough, and this is what's been so interesting about the Messi entrance, is that they are dead last in Major League Soccer. So that's not just for Eastern Conference, that's for all of Major League Soccer. They did just get their first piece of silverware, as folks have been referring to it, in the League's Cup trophy, so good for them. But I am very interested to see what happens. I will say Miami fans, I would call them Miami fans, but I'm not sure. So I would say that there are a lot of Miami fans that are really excited about the Leaks Cup performance, but I think there's a ton of interest around Messi. So all of those, any game where Messi is playing is sold out at this point. So uh, I am interested to see how that moves forward. I wanted to give a little bit of a highlight about Nashville and Miami, only because they just had a, a very key moment in terms of their season. The next team to kind of talk through is Austin FC. So that's out of Austin, Texas. So they were founded in 2018, but they began play in 2020. So they're very recent. In terms of where they play out of, they play out of the QT Stadium, which has a capacity of around 20,738. Their manager is Josh Wolf. And in terms of players that you're going to want to keep an eye out for, I would say the midfielders, Trusi. So he's a he's what they're calling in different articles and just from various commentators is their six million dollar man. He's from Argentina. They have a midfielder also from Argentina, Ragoni, and they have a center back, Alex Ring, who seems to be somewhat notable in terms of their performance. They're in the top third of the West Conference table. I will note, I don't know how terribly impressive that is, because if you end up seeing the overall standings between Eastern and Western Conference, overall, the Eastern Conference has a higher point total. The teams that are at the top positions have higher points. In terms of attendance, so their fan base is known for having a really great atmosphere. They are having a little bit of a tough season this year, and I don't know that last year was really any better. Their supporters call themselves Los Verdes. So that's after their team color. Their official anthem is the Verde Anthem. And their supporter section is called 
their Verdina. So I'm like, I do kind of love that. I love the theme around that generally. Their main rival is FC Dallas, which makes sense just from a proximity standpoint. Dallas is also in Texas, if you weren't familiar. The next team that I want to talk about is Charlotte FC. So they are Charlotte out of North Carolina is where they're located. They were founded in 2019, but they were established or began league play in 2022. They play out of the Bank of America Stadium. That has the capacity of 38,000, but it was made really clear that that's expandable. I will get more into, there's some relevance there with that. Their manager is Christian Latanzio, and their owner is David Tepper. In terms of some key players, Karol Swiderski, he's a forward, he's Polish. He's one of those designated players where the salary cap does not apply. So is Camille uh, Joswiak. So he's a winger. He's also Polish. And then Enzo Capetti is a fairly, I think that's one of the more recent signings. He's a winger from Argentina. Beyond that, Ashley Westwood, he's a midfielder, I think is, is kind of a key player, as well as Nuno Santos. So that's, he's an attacking mid. In terms of performance, they're in the bottom third of the table. They are, anytime it's a newer club, or I'm going to compare this to EPL. So EPL, I already noted, any team that's newly promoted, you kind of expect that they're going to suck for a little bit. I think newer teams, I would expect, unless they've gotten some key players, unless they feel really good about their coach, unless there's there's going to be some means of an acclimation. So this is one of the newer ads in terms of um, MLS. There was a fun fact about attendance. Their inaugural match had 74,479 spectators. That's quite an expansion in terms of their stadiums. And it set a record at the time for attendance for an MLS match, which is huge. So I just noted that it's quite common for any new, newer addition of a team onto a league to struggle a bit. So that was not the case for St. Louis SC. They've had a really great debut in two major league soccer they started play this year in 2023, and currently they're at the top of the Western Conference, which is huge. In terms of just some facts and things to know, so St. Louis is in Missouri, if you weren't already familiar. Their team plays out of the City Park Stadium, so the capacity of that stadium is, is around 22,000. Their manager is Bradley Cornell. And in terms of some of their key players, Klaus is one who gets brought up quite a bit. And I think beyond that, you know, the midfielders, so Lowen as well as Indiana Vasiliev, so their and goalkeeper Berkey, they very much have some strong players that are there. The fans are, are certainly excited as well. City Park has sold out every home game in 2023. They kind of note it's in a really great location. I think it's just generally a, a cool place to play. Some of the players had noted that when they stepped into it, they got goosebumps. All right. The newest addition, what will be the newest addition to Major League Soccer is San Diego's. They're coming in 2025. So if you weren't familiar, San Diego's in California. They will be playing out of the Snapdragon Stadium. It's actually a collegiate stadium. They have like a full website. So if you you are interested and want to learn more about them, certainly that's the way to do it. They're pre-selling a bunch of things, getting ready for their actual debut. There was a lot of great soccer that actually happened this weekend. I spoke a little bit about Leaks Cup. In terms of English Premier League, oh my word, did we see red this weekend. So many red cards. So the three matches that were on Saturday at 10 a.m. all had a red card. I was talking actually about this with one of my coworkers where there's certainly some solidarity among, I think, around around refing staffs in terms of what they're going to call. Yellow cards are coming. If there's any of the mockery of pretending to show a yellow or whatever, or arguing with a call, there will be 
there's no nonsense right now with refs, is what it seems like, at least. At least one notable thing that happened during one of those matches. So Liverpool played a man down and still had a victory, which is really interesting. Later that day on Saturday, Tottenham played Manchester United. So Tottenham played on without Kane, and they survived. Not only did they survive, they had a good showing. They had a victory. That was interesting. I was happy for them. It was always going to be interesting to see how they would progress, how they were going to get through that first match. All right, Manchester City versus Newcastle was the other big game of the day. So this was being called like a title test for Newcastle. And City, I know I was curious as hell to see how they were going to do without KDB. Some interesting sort of things to take away from that that I saw at least. So Foden really did have a good showing. City did have a victory over Newcastle. It was 1-0. Though Newcastle played very well. They very much frustrated Manchester City. You could see that in the players, but you could see that in Pep as well. At one point, it was actually kind of funny. A fan yelled out to Pep and was like, could you sort this out? And he was like, if you think you can do a better job, come sit in my seat. And I was like, whoa, what a moment. It's getting spicy as heck over there. In terms of Sunday, Aston Villa spanked Everton. It was humiliating for them. The fan base of Everton was protesting last season in terms of how poorly run they thought the club was going. So it's going to be interesting to see. That's their second game. It was a loss 4-0 against Villa. With that said, Aston Villa has been playing well. So Aston Villa is a team that had a really great finish. I believe they're in conference league for, for this year. So they had a good game. The other match put a huge smile on my face on Sunday. So you all know I'm a West Ham girl. It was on USA. USA glitched. I couldn't even watch it. I was literally just trying to pick up, not Twitter updates, but I was looking at an article looking for live updates throughout that game. That game was wild. I ended up watching the highlight reel after. If you weren't familiar, so West Ham United ended up playing Chelsea. Chelsea has had a lot of hype around them. They had a splashy spending spree. I don't know. It's one of those games that I I think I said it in episode three. I didn't want to watch it. I don't want to watch my team lose to a team that I don't like. So sorry. I'm not a huge Chelsea fan. I just think that they have all of the resources in the world. It's expected that they're going to be top of the table. Why shouldn't they be with all of that behind them? And they've been a colossal mess. I I would say at least in the last year, they had that terrible finish last year. And I was like, okay, well, they spent a ton of money. They're going to do great starting this year. And then they had their first game, I think was a draw. West Ham also had a draw their first game. So both teams are going in for their win. And West Ham won 3-1. They were a man down since like the 65th minute because Aguirre ended up getting a second yell. So again, a lot of red cards. There were four red cards between Saturday and Sunday. I was sitting there watching these highlights so stinking proud. I was like, I'm happy to see Mickey. I call him Mickey, but it's, I was happy to see Antonio score. All I wanted last year was to just watch him score and be successful. It was really, really cool to see Ward Prowse's like initial game, his debut, and to see how he did. And boy, did he make a difference. I was so worried going into the season without Declan Rice. I'm a huge Declan Rice fan. I thought he was an excellent captain. I think he's a classy guy. And when he went to Arsenal, I was like, I don't know what the heck we're going to do. It seemed like David Moyes, so the manager of West Ham, put a, a huge emphasis in making sure that position was filled by somebody that we are comfortable with. And it's been one game that we've seen him. So I don't want to put too much into this, but I was impressed in this first showing. I was very excited by that. Generally, he had two, I believe he had two assists for the goals. And then the third goal was Paqueta, who is, oh my word, what, like he was being described over and over by the commentators as a thorn in Chelsea's side, which I loved. Paqueta is exciting to watch. 
he ended up scoring. It was a it was a PK. So that was quite a bit about the last round of EPL games that just occurred with the exception of Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. Though I didn't actually watch that game. I mean, Arsenal won. They beat Crystal Palace 1-0. I also believe that there was a red card that was a matter of contention as well for that game. Um, It was on Thomas Yahoo from Arsenal. And I think that was contested a bit. I know I was speaking to a coworker and he was noting that there were two plays right after each other that the ref was looking at. There was that play that got the second yellow for Thomas Yahoo from Arsenal. And he got that red. And then immediately after Crystal Palace player did something that would have warranted also in that case, a card and didn't get a card. So it's interesting. For the most part, it seemed like the refs were in a bit of solidarity and ensuring that things were called this weekend. With that said, it does seem like there's still questions about VAR, refing, and all of that for the season. It has not died. There, the concerns are still there. There are also quite a few MLS games that happened on Sunday. So I think the big stories that you might want to be aware of is the Columbus-Cincinnati game. Cincinnati was sitting at the top of the table and Columbus came in tough. I mean, they won 3-0 and they were sort of the, the talk of the town in terms of how they did. Beyond that, there were definitely some notable scores to just be aware of, one of them being Houston Dynamo completely torching Portland 5-0. Another significant score, high-scoring game, is the St. Louis-Austin game. St. Louis ended up winning 6-3. So again, another very high-scoring game. A notable and probably contentious game was also Montreal and Toronto. So Toronto did have a red card in that match, and Montreal ended up winning. It was 3-2. So that was the MLS update. Very excited for this weekend's coming games. Tune in for an update on that. All right. Looking forward to next week's episode. We're probably going to be talking a little bit about the role of the manager or the coach if you're going to be talking about MLS. I am super interested in this. There was a record number in 2022 to 2023 season for English Premier League of managerial changes. It will be interesting to see when different teams start pulling the trigger on getting a different manager. The manager really, and we'll speak a lot about what their role is and how important they are to the overall squad formation and how the squad ends up doing. I want to learn a little bit about how this plays out in Major League Soccer as well. So that's all to come. If you haven't already, please, please, please go ahead and give a rating and wherever you're getting your podcast for this podcast. Email us. Let us know how we're doing or if there's anything that you'd like to hear about. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pit Proper Yank podcast. I'm so excited to continue on with you all. Until next time, Yanks. It's a little bit like I can't